0: Come back! Let's f- rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci, the pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The quickest 120 minutes in sports continues. And i tell you what, we might uh, break the uh, Guinness uh, Book of World Records tonight for the quickest 120 minutes ever. Like how, I don't know if you can define that though. Like, how do you break the record and say, "Well, that 120 minutes felt like 17 minutes"? <laughs> We'd have to poll people. Like, how long does the 120 minutes actually feel to you? Like, that's the sign of like entertainment. That's the sign of a good show. That's the sign of a good uh, date. It's the sign of a good anything, right? If you're you're hanging out with a girl, oh my God! Like it's wow, nine hours passed. Wow, like you know one of those deals, or you know you're you're binge watching a show. And you're like, oh, man, I actually uh, I've been been watching uh, Star Trek, but uh, nevertheless, uh, we'll get to that old Star Trek. I finally found a a use for Netflix. Netflix sucks. All right. Netflix is like uh, pizza uh, from these chains. It blows. Um, Netflix sucks. It's overrated. And that's me. Hey, I find Netflix. And the only thing I watch on it now, original Star Treks, but they have every episode and I'm down. And the other night, I actually watched. I think I watched like eight of them in a row without even noticing. But I was shredding on the guitar at the same time. But uh, that's why I don't sleep. <laughs> and in fact, I'll do it tonight. Uh, later on this evening, after the show, I'm going to uh, play some guitar and watch uh, Captain Kirk. Uh, you know, little known fact. I know some people know this, but we went, uh, me and Captain Kirk, what do we have in common? Me and Captain Kirk have a lot in common. We're both. Uh, we're both from Montreal. And uh, me and Captain Kirk went to the same high school. I like to think that I'm like the second most famous person to come from uh, West Hill High School. West Hill High School. Captain Kirk and Gabriel Morenci. That's right, baby. Um, Tampa Bay, 6-4. Uh, victorious. Game goes over the number. Dodgers are now minus 200 series uh, favorites. They're going to be playing on Friday. Uh, I mean, I, I love this World Series. I wish the Dodgers would have won. I'm a hardcore Dodger fan, and I have been. We'll talk about the World Series, but let's talk some football here in Level Two. We've got Ian Cameron Babano with us, and he's a great football handicapper. Been killing it this year. The football frenzy on the Wicked Wednesday. We've got college football, Big Ten coming back on Friday. NFL football, not NFL football tomorrow. The Eagles, Giants, right, or This is sports trade. Bring it.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. You know,
2: you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better
0: at it. Portrage, Late night continues. Bring it. We're kicking it with Ian Cameron uh, right now. Babano, great stuff uh, tonight. Shows uh, flying by. Um, If I laugh out loud, then something's really funny. Because I laugh internally, Babano, often funny I was watching Barney Miller the other night and somebody said to one of the characters, somebody said to one of the characters, they said, you don't smile much, do you? And uh he said, he said, interestingly, my facial expressions don't match my uh, my inner feelings. He goes, I just look angry. I'm one of those guys too. Like I just sort of look like I'm you know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm really not like I could be thinking about like kittens or something, but bad. No, oh, but I'll look pissed off, you know what I mean? Well, I guess it fits. That's why the name of the show is Sports Rage. I'm in a band called Homicide. Uh, All right, Babano. So who would have thought, Babano, that this football game tomorrow, the winner of the Giants and Eagles, they're going to be in first place after the game tomorrow, Babano. Unless they tie, which they might. It's insane. (laughs) Which they they might. (laughs) Maybe we should play that prop. Tie. Will there be a tie? Yes. 3-3 between these crap-ass teams. But Cam's, like, really high on the Giants. Paul Bovey, who we all respect uh, greatly, guy bets real uh, big money and stuff like that. He, you know, He's like, how do the Giants not win this game with all the injuries? I brought up the fact the Giants couldn't beat the Niners with all those injuries before. The Giants do blow uh, Babano, but, and I don't need to tell you, but for people tuning in, you look at the Giants on the road, Babano, they've been good. You know, covered against the Rams, covered against the Cowboys, covered against the Bears on the road, bro.
1: Yeah,
2: it, it, this is an interesting game. Uh, the Giants are actually to back up your point you made about how the, could the Giants have been on the road? They're 13-2 ATS, the last 15 as a road dog. You know, the road underdog role has been absolutely outstanding for them. The good news for the Eagles is, look, Carson Wentz has had a mass unit. It's an absolute unbelievable mess they've had on the offensive side of the ball this year, Gabe, as you know, with all the injuries. Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz is out now. But at least this week, Thursday night, he's going to have Deshaun Jackson back. Finally, Lane Johnson. It seems like every single week we got to ask ourselves: Is he in? Is he out? And he's been a—he's obviously a difference maker to the O line uh, for the Eagles. They'll have him back, so that's some really, really good news. The Giants—you know—give him credit. They got the first win against Washington Football Team last week, but they were outgained in the game. Uh, they took advantage of a scoop and score fumble. You know, Washington made mistakes to give the game away to the Giants too. I, at four, four and a half, I'd have to lean slightly to the Eagles, but the the giants are very good in the road dog role that it's, it's tough to go against that. It's a game. I'm not betting. I'll say that right now, uh, but I lean to the Eagles a little bit.
0: What do you, uh, we'll get into some college football too, but uh, what are you looking at uh, this week in the NFL uh, of
2: Yeah, there's a lot that uh, sticks out to me on Sunday. Look, I'm, I'm going to bet Buffalo first half against the New York jets because you know, I was seeing something Josh Allen said after the Kansas City game. I just happened to come across one of the Zoom press conferences he did. He says, I've got to be better. We've got to be ready to go from the beginning of the game. Just some quotes that indicated that the Bills aren't going to look past this New York Jets team. And if you don't look past the New York Jets, you're going to be able to put them behind the eight ball early. I think the Bills can do that on Sunday. I'm not going to jump off this Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Rule train in Carolina, Gabe, just because of one Rough game for them against the Chicago Bears last week. I, I know it was a really, really poor game for them, but they played a really good Chicago defense. The bad offense made some mistakes Babano last week,
0: even though they were at yeah, home. and they were coming up. You're talking about an underdog team that had won three weeks in a row. Like they weren't, you know, they're not going to go on an eight game win streak, right? Like they, they were due for a loss. I've had a hard time reading Bear games all year, Babano, but. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater now 31-10 and 10 after that loss against the spread. So he's 31-10 and 10 in 41, uh, 41 career games against the spread, Babano.
2: Yeah, and the Saints are, I believe, a miserable 5-12 and 12 ATS, their last 17 as home favorites. I mean, everybody talks about the uh, Mercedes-Benz Dome as this great tough home field for them. They barely escaped with the straight-up win last time they were at home against the L.A. Chargers, and I know they're off the bye week. They get extra time. I don't like those spots, Marenzi, where the team – Came way back from behind to beat a team. And then they go into a big comeback win against the Chargers. And then they have the bye. I worry that they're flat coming out of it. Good vibes for a team going into the bye week. I don't like betting on those teams coming out of the bye week. Look at Green Bay. Everybody talking about how great they were going into the bye week. What did they do coming out of the bye week? They laid an egg against Tampa Bay essentially last week. I think Carolina getting those points is good. Two factors. Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, worked under Sean Payton in New Orleans a few years ago, knows that team. Who knows the Saints' defense pretty well in their schemes? Same head coach Payton, same defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen. Who knows them well? Teddy Bridgewater. You know, he's going to know what to expect, I think, from that Saints' defense. I think they're a dog that can keep that game close. I'll take the touchdown with the Panthers.
0: A game that I'm looking forward to, um, a game I'm looking forward to, the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Babano. And first thing, you know, first thing I think of is number one, it was a big mistake by all of us. When I, I not you, I can't put words. Uh, I'm not like saying you took it. I don't know if you did, but I'm saying I'm a Bills fan. Everybody loved the Bills in that game against Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee didn't practice and all that crap. I don't know. I had a bad feeling about it, Babano. I was like, man, the Bills. Why are the, the Bills can't be three and a half point favorites, man, against an undefeated Tennessee Titan team. Titans haven't gotten respect, and they're still not getting respect right now. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers are good, but really so the Steelers be road favorites, and it didn't catch my eye, but banner, the total is 50 and a half. The second highest scoring, the, the the number one scoring team in the National Football League this year, the Seattle Seahawks, they score 33.8 points per game. The second highest scoring team in the league is the Tennessee Titans. They score 32.8 points per game. The fourth highest scoring team in the league, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 31.2. So we got a team that scores 32.8 against a team that scores 31.2, and the total is only 50.5 Babano. I know people don't think of generally like overs with Tennessee Titan games, but they're they're putting up a boatload of points, this team.
2: This team has cashed all but two or three of their games uh, over the total since Ryan Tannehill replaced Marcus Mariota last year. You go back and look. Look at Tennessee's game logs. Anybody uh, uh, listening right now? Uh, they have cashed overs in all but maybe two or three games.
0: I think there were eight Regular and two in the ten playoffs combined. That he started. I can look it up, but off the top, I remember, because yeah. I'm a Tannehill guy, so I remember, Like, I believe they were eight and two to the over in the ten games that he started last year, and what about this year? They, the, game one didn't go over, right, against the Broncos, but off the top of my head, everyone, every other one did.
2: That's correct. They're all but the Denver game this year for Tennessee have gone over the total, and I like the over last week with them in Houston, unfortunately. And here's the problem with the side. I think Pittsburgh's better than Tennessee and I think they'll win the game and cover, but Ooh. I'm not betting it because I said after last week against. Yeah. I, I, I said last week after with, cause I had Houston plus the points and we all saw what happened. Just a terrible yeah. beat. Uh, if you had them, <laughs> they lose. And as soon as Tennessee won that coin toss, Marenzi, I'm like, I'm done. We're done here. There's no way Houston beat. is stopping this Tennessee team. It wasn't team. a
0: bad beat though. It wasn't a bad beat. It's it yeah, was painful. Yeah, it was a, it was there's a, a tough difference beat. between a, a tough bad beat. beat and a painful loss. But go on, I hear you. And, I and disagree. And I'm I give think kind of Romeo Crennel and I'm.
2: I think Pittsburgh's a better defense for sure. Uh, offensively, it, look, Brian Tannehill. You got to start calling him an elite quarterback right now. What do you, like he is making pinpoint, precise passes. It's not all Derrick Henry. He's been a big help. You know that they can run the football as well as they do. But he's making plays to Jonu Smith to Ferkser. Uh, To A.J. Brown, now that he's healthy again, what a difference he's made. He is doing a great job, Brian Tannehill. We've got to give him every bit as much credit for that. It's a great football game. The one issue with Pittsburgh is the defense, and they run very slow on offense. I mean, they they bleed every second off the play clock, Pittsburgh, when they have the ball. Nevertheless, you're not going to catch me, Gabe, right now, betting a Tennessee game under the total. So I'm with you there. It would be over a pass, and I lean Pittsburgh, but I've been burned enough by Tennessee, Gabe, that I'm not doing it.
0: Look at, and, and listen, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Babano, cosmetically, and I think Pittsburgh are the real deal, too. I'm not discounting them. They do have a good defense. But so their third-ranked defense as far as points allowed, 18.8 points per game. Like I said, this is just off the top of my head as well. Look at the quarterbacks they played against Babano. Week one against the Giants, who averaged like 12 points a game. They played against uh, Jeff Driscoll. Drew Locke got knocked out of the game. Um, you know, we, we can go on, so... Steelers have had a pretty favorable schedule to start the season. All right, time has flown by. Hang in here, Baban. Let's we'll get a couple of college uh, thoughts. Some of you on the other side. More trades like might Continue to bring it. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah. Well, you need to know the winner, and I know the winner. So call me now. Whoa. Five dollars for the first minute. Two dollars for each additional minute. You have reached the coach's hot line. Line.
2: Yeah, lay down, me coach. In
0: the game of mm-hmm. versus, trade. late Good. night. Continue. Bring it. Kicking it with Ian Cameron uh, right now. Uh, so uh, Babano, let's get into uh, let's get down to uh, to business. Uh, talk some college uh, football uh, right now. We got the NFL game uh, tomorrow, uh, but we also have a college football game. If you don't want to torture yourself and watch the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, but the uh, Arkansas State Arkansas State Red Wolves take on uh, App State tomorrow. App State laying thirteen points uh, here, Babano. Total, uh, as expected, is high. It opened up in the 63 and a 63-and-a-half range, up to 68. Uh, what are your thoughts on a Thursday night college game, if any?
2: Well, Arkansas State, as you know, Gabe, because uh, I remember we were at, I was uh, talking to you on Twitter about this game last week, Arkansas State-Georgia State. They played exactly one week ago on a Thursday night, and it was 59-52, 111 points. And, and sure enough, what do we see out of Arkansas State following that game? Uh, Blake Anderson, the head coach, fires defensive coordinator, David Duggan, uh, and his past game <laughs> coordinator on defense, Ed Pinkham. So two defensive coaches dismissed by Blake Anderson from his coaching staff following that game uh, against uh, Georgia State, even though they won the game uh, 59-52 but this is just a season long issue for Marenzi for this Red Wolves team they've been atrocious defensively Uh, that's a big time problem for them uh, all season long they do have a good offense they showed it last week Lane Hatcher and Logan Bonner they use both of their quarterbacks they can throw the football I'm a little bit concerned about App State here Marenzi in this spot laying double digits they haven't played since September 26 that's nearly a full month without playing a football game due to COVID-19 issues They're 0-3 against the spread this year, so they've been a little bit of an overvalued team. We know App State's been one of the top teams in the Sun Belt for many years now. They look overvalued. They haven't played now in a month. And Arkansas State, as bad as they've been defensively, maybe with the coaching changes, to the firing the two defensive coaches, maybe you see a spark on that side of the ball. And with their offense, even though App State's defense is really good, They've got that backdoor potential and you might see app state come out sluggish and a little slow early on. A lot of teams with these situations where they've been off for multiple weeks, they sometimes start slow. I'm going to probably split up my bet tomorrow in this game, Arkansas state first half and Arkansas state full game. I just think it's an inflated number and not the kind of spot I'm comfortable laying doubles with for an app state team hasn't played in a month.
0: Yeah. I like where you're going with the uh, the first half angle uh, there, both with the Buffalo bill pick uh, good call and the, uh, this football game, one thing Babano, and just, you know, once again, this is off the top of my head. We don't prescript these conversations. We don't even know which, you know, which way we're going to go sometimes. But so Houston Cougars didn't play and you're right. They were down early to Tulane and then they just dialed it up a notch. Right. They dialed it up a notch and they won. Now there was another team too, that was sort of supposedly, you know, going to be cold and stuff and they, they covered as well. So the teams, like, you know, when you hold it against them, well, I mean, it was Tennessee, my older in practice and all that crap. Tennessee pumped up uh, Buffalo. But there was another college one as well. But I I, I get it. This is a long time. You're right. I, I can't believe they haven't played uh, since uh, since this football game. It's a long time, September the 26th until now. I remember they had that big game on TV against Marshall. They lost. Then they beat up on Campbell, but they didn't cover. And we should know, but, man, I mean, they were like 30, you know, it was 33 and a half point favorites in that football game. I remember because I was on Campbell, but I, I agree with your assessments here. I like where you're going uh, with this. And, you know, there should be points in the game, but I think, guys, let's wait for the in-game. So as Babano stated, App State could be a little sloppy early. You know, it's a high number in the 68 and a half range. It'll come down a little bit, and then we could jump in in-game uh, uh, potentially. So uh, we got Sun Belt action, but uh, Babano, Friday night, uh, Friday night, the Big Ten is back. And uh, we've got Illinois and Wisconsin. Wisconsin, of course, in a revenge situation. Babano, remember the big upset last year? What was it, 24-23? A uh, big upset for Lovey Smith and Illinois last year in Champaign. So they open up uh, this year in Madison. Uh, of course, they lose Jonathan Taylor. They're, re- they're rebuilding the offensive line. They lose their running back. Um, you know, they're, they're rebuilding the offense essentially in, in Madison right now. But the defense is rock solid. They got 18 of their top 20 tacklers back. Uh, so, you know, they're going to be rock solid defensively. You know, this is um, USC Babano used to be known as a tailback U for all the great running backs that they produced all the time. Now it's Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin just produces great backs. So, you know, they're going to have a new great back. Uh, so that won't be a concern. But a lot of points to be laying in week one, Babano. You talk about it. These teams haven't played 19 and a half points. Illinois recruited real well over the last couple of years. What do you think of this game?
2: I was on uh, the craziest this is to say, because Illinois has been a, just a, in, a, in a terrible way for the last several years in the Big Ten, but they actually came on strong last year. They were a decent point spread team, especially in the underdog role. And I cashed a few tickets with Illinois. Uh, last year there's actually some things to like about Lovey Smith's team coming into this year. They made progress. They got to a bowl. they didn't win the bowl game, but they at least got to a bowl game, which hasn't happened in forever uh, in Illinois. On offense there's a lot to like. They got four offensive line starters, four of the top five receivers back and a guy you'll know well Morenci from his Michigan days, Brandon Peters returning at quarterback for Illinois. Yep. So there's some things to like for Illinois on offense. They do lose a lot lot on defense, so that's a little bit of a concern. For the Illini here, yeah, but Wisconsin you offense. This Bano, game,
0: you're not playing against Justin Herbert and the Ducks. Wisconsin just wants to line it up and run yeah. the football. So, yeah, they're gonna have you know their defense is raw, Illinois, but there's going to be a lot of running going on for Wisconsin and the clock ticking, right? You know, you know, Chris just wants to get they, out of there, there with be, a win. He doesn't care about twenty points, uh, winning by twenty.
2: Yeah, and and a lot of people are making a big deal of this being the revenge spot for Wisconsin because they actually lost as 30-point favorites last year to Illinois, 24-23. And apparently they're making a big deal that the Illinois players, yeah, the Illinois players, apparently when they were leaving their home field, they were blaring the jump around song, which is played at Camp Randall of Wisconsin when they score a touchdown. Apparently Badgers didn't like that. So you're hearing a lot of that rhetoric being brought up in the lead into this game. The Badgers defense looks good, but Jack Cohn gets the foot injury. He's not going to play. I don't think he was that great. They like this Graham Mertz kid. He's going to be the starting quarterback for Wisconsin, redshirt freshman. They think he's got a lot of upside, but we're still talking about first game. No home fan, fans in the stands other than, you know, immediate family of players and coaches. It's not going to be that same raucous environment. Illinois' defense does scare me, but I like their offense, and I think they can put up points. Um, I'm still going to take Illinois plus the points gave in this game. I am. I think the w- revenge factor is being overblown a bit. And I'm going to have to see this new redshirt freshman quarterback. They're saying good things about him. They're singing his praises, Graham Mertz. But this is his first game as a starting quarterback for Wisconsin. Let's see how he does.
0: Ian Cameron uh, kicking with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Babana. We've got a couple of minutes left with him. We appreciate his time uh, this evening. So Big Ten football is back. Starts Friday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. Illinois at Wisconsin on Saturday. We've got Rutgers. Rutgers at uh, Michigan State. At noon Eastern time, Michigan State, 13.5-point favorites. Nebraska uh, goes to uh, to Columbus. Ohio State, high expectations for this Buckeye team. People think they're national championship contenders. 26-point uh, favorites over Nebraska. Penn State, whose basketball coach uh, stepped down today. Uh, Penn State, uh, football. Always something with these guys at Penn State, huh? Uh, Penn State... <laughs> Penn State, six-point road favorites at Indiana. Iowa, Iowa at uh, Purdue. Purdue plus three right now. Michigan, Michigan, 7.30 Eastern time. Saturday night, Michigan and Minnesota. Michigan Wolverines, three-point road favorites. We'll just get your quick thoughts on that one on the way out here, Babano. Maryland and Northwestern. Northwestern laying 11 points. I don't know if you're breaking down. It's still earlier in the week. I get it. So I'm not putting you in the hot seat. But what do you think about these other Big Ten numbers and about Michigan laying three on the road? They lost a lot of players, Babano. Um, Like it was it's been a nightmare offseason for Harbaugh when, you know, he wanted to play. He was one of the coaches that wanted to play. They didn't play when they announced that they weren't going to play. A bunch of dudes left Michigan, like nine guys tapped out, said, I'm going to the NFL. I'll get ready for the NFL. Or I'm transferred. He lost like nine guys. And then they announced that the Big Ten's get to play, and then McCaffrey screws us by saying, well, I'm going to leave anyways. I'm leaving, because he was pissed off how how he got treated because of Patterson uh, last year, so he was waiting to stick it to him. Michigan's got a lot of personnel issues with Banner to be laying points on the road in this game, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Apparently, though, and the one hesitation, Joe Milton, by the way, is going to be the quarterback for Michigan uh, going into this game. He's been uh, given the starting job. We'll see how he does. He's got to do it on the road. We know Harbaugh's track record on the road, ATS against, uh, you know, has not been good uh, over the years. That's a concern. I like where Michigan's going. Flex done a good job. They bring Tanner Morgan, the quarterback. Uh, he's back. The offensive line is loaded. You lose a couple key players on defense, including, of course, uh, Winfield, uh, who's now starring in the secondary in the NFL now. But Minnesota, to me, is probably the spot here. The thing that's holding me back Marency is PJ uh, Flex has a couple several of his players have COVID nineteen concerns going into this game and he's not revealing who it is. We don't know if they're starters, backups, whatever. Penn State Indiana quickly before we wrap. Sean Clifford doesn't have his running back Journey Brown this year for Penn State. Can he play well at quarterback without him at running backs a concern. I don't buy Penn State as a running back or as a road favorite. Indiana's got Michael Penix back healthy at quarterback. I think Indiana's live in that game.
0: I agree with you. I I totally do. Losers are really building something there, Babano. Great stuff, as always. We encourage people to check out uh, Ian Cameron's Football uh, Frenzy, uh, Sports Club Radio, uh, and uh, more. Follow him on Twitter, at Babano. Great stuff, Babano. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Gabe. Just can't live without Rage. <laughs> sports rage late night continues. Thanks to Ian Cameron with Bano for kicking it with us. Ultra quick show, uh, as always, uh, this evening. Uh, World Series uh, wrap up. Of course, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, victorious 6 4 final score. Uh, they got off uh, to a 5 0 lead. They were up 3 0. They, right, they scored early, so they had a 1 0 lead. And the next thing you know, it's three nothing. Then it's five nothing, and um, the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, what made it five two. Dodgers made it five two. Then it was six two, and then the Dodgers made it six four. It was it was a game, you know. That's it shows the Dodgers just how potent they are, in which they're not intimidated by being down by a couple of runs. Like like one run to the Dodgers is really nothing, but five is tough. You're going to spot a team as good as the Tampa Bay Rays with the bullpen that they have and the pitchers that they have. You know, you're able to score four runs, but asking asking yourself to come back and score seven was a little bit much. On the plus side of things, if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I thought a lot about it. We talked about it last night on the program as well, about, you know, what do you do if you're Dave Roberts? How do you handle the pitching situation? Because honestly, for all the depth that the Dodgers have, and all the talk about, oh, the Dodgers are so deep, the Dodgers this and that, they evidently aren't, all right? You're not that deep if you're starting a 26-year-old Tony Gonsolin and you trust him to start, like, for a, an inning and a third here, to face, like, you know, four or five batters, and then Dustin May coming in in game two of a World Series game, so and Floro and stuff like that. So clearly, you know, their depth isn't there. If the Dodgers have a weakness, it actually is the starting pitching. Like, they could use another starting pitcher if they had, like, a stud star starting pitcher. Now, the Dodgers really haven't, like, bought them their way to this title either. Like, it's, they're really a homegrown team. They brought in Mookie Betts, but, you know, other than that, really, they, they really are a homegrown team. But it seems to me that's what they're missing is that, that third guy. That third guy. Now, Urias is interesting to me in which I would have just started him personally. Like, I don't know, like, what they're holding on for. Is he going to start game four? Is that the deal? I would imagine it's going to be Bueller, Urias, and then Kershaw on Sunday. Yet then you put yourself in a real precarious situation on, you know, going into a game seven if it goes seven, don't you? You can't start a game seven with Gonsolin and Dustin May. I think we've seen enough. Like, uh, you, know, I, you know, it's funny. As I get older, I'm not as negative, and I don't hate on players as much. You know, when you're younger, oh, this guy sucks and all that. Nobody really sucks, right? Everybody's contributed to, like, help you get where you've gotten it, including Dustin May. But I've seen enough of Dustin May in the World Series right now. Like, Dustin May needs to only pitch in, like, when we're down by six or we're up by seven or something. You know what I mean? And you know he's going to be out there in an important situation again. But the confidence, so he gets hit hard, man. Gonsolin's too wild. He doesn't calm down. May gets hit. And, you know, they're a little thin. So, I understand the theory here of why Dave Roberts did this. Because it's basically, do you, do, would you rather you want these guys pitching this weekend when you're down 2-1 or something like that? No. You know what I mean? So, I, the Dodgers aren't playing for seven right now. You know, they made, a, they made a decided effort that, you know what, they'll roll the dice in game two. Like today for the Dodgers, this is the plus side for the Dodgers. If you're a Dodger, like, backer or fan, but if you bet on them in the series and you're a little bit like, oh, boy, what's going on now? This was their weakest link. Like, tonight is their weakest link start. Gonsolin, May, May Gonsolin, or whatever, that's the weakest link start that they have. So it's out of the way now. They almost, like I said, they're, I like what Dave Roberts did. Bite the bullet now. I wish it would have worked out a little bit better than it did. Uh, But bite the bullet now. You got Bueller going on Friday. Uh, Kershaw will be good to go on Sunday. You roll out your on Saturday and you better hope this doesn't go seven. And if it does, then, then man, Bueller's going to have to start on three days rest. Like, that's, that's what this comes down to, <laughs> like, but uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're only, we're only two games in. We're only two games in right now. So we had the uh, the conversation earlier about all the catches that were made in the out, in the stands by the fans tonight at the game. Well done. Uh, yet, uh, one of the dudes, a couple of them had gloves. One of the guys in the outfield, of course, had the glove, and he tossed his glove on the field by accident after. He got caught up in a moment. It was cool that they tossed it back to him. <laughs> they tossed it back to him, but, you know, I I think about it. Not the glove stuff, right? I don't even own a baseball glove anymore. I don't. I don't have a glove, so... I haven't brought a glove. I was never really a glove guy. Even when I was a kid, I didn't bring a glove. On Even when I was a kid, I didn't want to carry it. You know what I mean? I don't know. How many people tuning in right now have ever gotten a foul ball or a home run at a game? It's a very low percentage. How many people, have you ever caught a home run or, like, got a foul ball? I'll ask people in our chat right now. It would be a good Twitter uh, question, actually. I'm curious to see. Have you ever got a ball at a baseball game, foul ball or home run before? I've been to literally, like, thousands of baseball games, all right? I covered. I got paid to go to games, so I was a lucky man. But I've been to a lot of games. Most part, though, at the games, you know, I was in the press box. I was in the press box most of the time, but as a fan, I've been to a million games. And even when I was covering uh, the team and I was doing post-game shows, I used to go sit in the stands during the game. Right, I'd be in a press box for the free food, but then i'd go I'd go into the stands and stuff like i I didn't like it in the press box all that much during the game. It's all right, but it's not you know what I mean, you're far away from the action. There's a bunch of jerks in the media you don't like and stuff sitting around you. It's yeah, you know, I don't want to sit there and watch a game with a bunch of tool bags from the newspaper that you know, write articles criticizing me and my show. <laughs> so that was the case there. <laughs> I want to punch a few of them right, to you know. I had to uh, restrain. I had to restrain myself. Um, I uh, I got a home run ball once at Dodger Stadium. I didn't catch it, though. I didn't catch it. I tried to catch it, but it would have broken my hand. Kevin Elster of the New York Mets. I was Dodger Stadium, Mets-Dodgers. I was in left field bleachers. And... That year I went to sixty-three Dodger games. So eighty-one home games. I went to sixty three of them. The Ushers knew my name. All right. And I always was in the same spot for the most part. I'd mix it up once in a while, but I always I was always in the bleed. I was always in the outfield. So I was either in left field or right field. Most of the time I was in left field, though. Left field was my spot, but once in a while, left field, you know, I'd be in right field for whatever reason. I get a ticket from a scalp or whatever. But I was always in the outfield at Dodger Stadium in those days. And um, I wasn't even on the radio right now. This like the late 80s. And um, so I, I went to a million games, man, over the years. And one day I'm in left field, Elster smokes one. And I knew right away from the second it was off the bat, like from the second it was off the bat, I was like, this is coming right at me. I was like, this is going to come right to us. Like, and I even told people, I said, this is coming right to us, guys, like right away. And it launched. And it literally, like, it was like a magnet for me. <laughs> like, I swear to God. I stood up, and I stood up, and the ball was coming. I didn't have a glove, though, right? If I had a glove, I would have snagged it. I didn't have a glove, and the ball was coming, and as it got, like, a foot away from me, two feet away from me, I was like, oh, my God, it's coming in hot. I could hear it. Like, he smoked it. You could. It was like, like, you could hear the ball, like, the speed of the ball coming and I re I I sort of wussed out. I realized it's gonna break my hand if I stone cold try to catch it just bare hand like that. So I tried to cup it. Like I tried to cup it. I, I was a good, I can catch a baseball. I'm a good defensive baseball player, all right? The game, I'll catch anything with a glove. But like, so I tried to like not break my hand, right? I'm a guitarist too, so I tried to like sort of palm it up in the air and I did. And it really hurt, it smashed off my hand and it popped up in the air. And then as I was about to catch it in the air as like sort of the ricochet, there was a school on a field trip at the game. And I literally got knocked over and stuff like that by like 40 kids, man. Like a bunch of kids flooded towards me. And it was like chaos. Like all these people fell in the section and people were like, whatever. It was it got ugly over a baseball. So there was kids. There was other people like jumping over the seats trying to get the ball and stuff like that. but the ball was meant for me. The ball was meant for me, so ricochet. And as everyone's like scrambling and fighting for the ball and stuff, the ball just sort of bounced off the step right towards me. <laughs> kind of like, like it was crazy. It's hard to describe. It all happened fast, like ding, ding, ding. boom, the ball bounced off. I reached over everyone. I got the ball, and I hold the ball up. and then, a bunch of kids started crying. All right, a bunch of kids started crying, and, rah, rah, and the teacher, the teacher was like, uh, you know, yelling at everyone. You guys are all savages. These are children. Because people got pretty hostile for the baseball. So the teacher scolded everyone, and then the teacher tells me, I think it would be right if you give uh, give this kid the ball. Now I'm older, I probably, you know, I wouldn't have been fighting for the ball. But I told the lady, I was like, listen, I'm not, I said, buy the kid a ball. I said, I'm not giving a kid a ball. I said, listen, lady, I've been coming, I come here every day. I said, I come here every day. I've been waiting to get a ball every day. I said, it's not happening. And then I had other people give the ball, give them the ball and stuff. And I had other people, like, saying, I wouldn't give these kids anything. And then it started again. Like, L.A., it's hostile. People get hostile fast there, so... <laughs> So then there was a big brouhaha in the outfield and stuff. The usher who like they know me, they're like, I don't worry about these kids and stuff. And they're like, they were like, came to you. There was like it came off your hand. It's your ball. So it was a big brouhaha. I kept the baseball, and this is like the craziest, best part and worst part of the story. So I actually did have a glove at home. I lived in Hollywood, and in those days, me and my buddy, uh, my roommates, we used to always play sports. Like, we used to go and throw footballs for money and stuff like that. I once threw a football in a garbage can for, like, 40 yards for 50 bucks. <laughs> I did it. He goes, I give you 50 bucks if you could put this ball in a garbage can once. And we were just sort of walking, and I did it. It was, a, it was lucky, but I did it. So, you know, we used to always do so. We went out, and I came back from the game. And I said to him, the guy's name was Sam. I said, yo, Sam, check it out, buddy. I said, I got a ball at the game finally. I said, this is a game-used Major League Baseball. Let's go toss it around. So he got his glove, he go out, and we're throwing like pop flies in the air in this parking lot, all right? And I told him, don't drop it. I don't want to scuff it. So we're in the parking lot, and we're like whipping the ball as high as we can in the air. I threw it on the roof of a Holiday Inn. The ho- You know, the, the the Holiday Inn on Orange. Uh, I think it's Sycamore Orange Street on uh, Boulevard uh, Street on in Hollywood. Still there. It's right behind Man Chinese Theater. I lived right there across the street from the place. So I threw the baseball on the roof of the Holiday Inn by accident. So I got into a big fight for a baseball, only to lose it about an after an hour after the game. I threw it on the roof. So then I go, I go into the Holiday Inn. I'm like, listen. Um I said to the security guy, I said, Listen, I got to get something from your roof. And he's like, what? I said, wow, well, I just threw a baseball on the roof. <laughs> and he goes, what do you care about a baseball, man? And uh, I said, well, it's just, I said, it's for the Dodger game. I said, it was I just got it from the Dodger game, like, a couple hours ago, man. And his eyes all lit up. He goes, oh, really? Uh, baseball, uh, Dodger baseball, uh, met, met, met home run? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh, you're going to have to come back another time. You can't get up there and stuff. Why do you, like, took the ball? <laughs> my karma I should have given it to the kids I got a lot of Dodger Stadium stories I told you guys the time about a, I met the kid that uh saved something from jumping off the roof <laughs> Great Late night continues. Great job. uh, Master Control here. Bullets were flying uh, tonight. Yang gets it done in Master Control, Midtown, uh, Manhattan. Yeah, he's talking about Dodger Stadium. (laughs) We can go on. But like sports stories and stuff like that. I caught a football at at a football game once. Um, You know, like extra points and stuff. And I refused to give the ball back. And they said, all right, if you don't give the ball back, you have to leave. And I said, fine, I'll leave. So I got up with the ball, and I'm leaving with the ball. But then security like started to like wrestle the ball away from me, and I got into a big brouhaha. And they gave me uh, they gave me uh, I was it was we don't have time to get into the full story, but trust me, I've got a lot of sports game stories. All right, <laughs> a lot of – you name it, it's happened to me at a sporting event. Uh, I've caught in footballs, baseballs. and nearly got hit with a hockey puck. But once when I was going to Dodger Stadium, it was nineteen um, it was uh, nineteen eighty nine. All right, I went to 63 games. It was the year after they won the World Series, Kirk Gibson was in center field, but he was always beaten up. So I, I had bad seats all the time. So I'm going to Dodger Stadium, and I'm on the bus, and I meet these like rowdy teenagers, and I'm thinking, oh man, these kids are trouble. Like I'm sitting on the back of the bus in L.A. on my own, like, in downtown L.A. <laughs> these kids, they come on, and they're like, uh, "You going to the game?" And I had a Dodger hat on. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm going to the game." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we're going to the game too." And then they're like, uh, "They're like, we got an extra ticket if you need one." And I'm thinking these kids, like, they're teenagers. are about to hustle me and stuff. He's like, we got an extra ticket if you need one. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then he busted out. He goes, yeah, yeah, field pass. And I'm like, oh, my God. And they didn't want any money. He goes, yeah, you can come if you want. We got an extra ticket. You're going anyways. So uh, I'm like, sure. I'm like, so where would you guys get these anyways? And one of the kids basically wants to be, like, is from South Central and was a local hero because he talked someone from jumping off of a roof. So the Dodgers honored him as like the uh, community guy, like a hero of the, the, the game type thing of the week. And so I went from being on a bus, going to a Dodgers stadium. 20 minutes later, I'm in the Dodgers dugout and clubhouse talking to Tommy Lasorda. One of the craziest, weirdest stories ever. All right. We're to game time decisions tomorrow, 6 o'clock Eastern. We'll have our NFL picks. We're leaning with the Giants. Other night, you're on your own. Later.